All right, all right, all right. It's 3.30 Eastern Time here. Auto Dealer Live. I'm, we're missing Dave Cribs. He has, uh, he's out. He was training today and uh, had another engagement. And I'm here with Chris Fritcher, though, co-host. What's up, what's up, what's up? What's up, man? Doing good, man. I'm feeling it today, baby. Hey, listen, how about we just turn this whole thing up on his nose, up on his head, and we make March real. Okay, come on. Let's let's, let's do this thing. I, I feel like this year got off to a really good start. I know we've had some distractions, and there's a lot of prayers that are going out for everyone suffering, every, all the fear out there with regards to uh, you know corona and everything that's going on. Listen, it's a real deal, and we're going to talk a little bit about the auto industry and how it's affected, but we're going to have some really good guests on today. And my experience, Chris, with the car business, I mean, you've been in the car business for a long time. I've been in the car business for a long time. And my experience with the automotive industry is this. When the going gets tough, they get into another gear. It's, it's it, Listen, anthrax didn't take the car business out, right? Uh, uh, the economy, <laughs> the floor falling out of the economy in 2008 did not take the car business out. Even when dealerships closed down, that's not a negative thing. It only strengthened, really, it strengthened and, and caused the industry to coalesce around co- around the strong dealers out there. And so this will not take the car business out. And uh, we're going to talk to some uh, guests today. We're going to talk to Scott Simons. And we're going to talk to Sean Hayes. Scott is the managing partner of Valley Automotive Group. And then Sean is the general manager of the CMA Colonial Chevrolet store. And uh, then we've got Elena Schweda, sales consultant at Allen Chevrolet Cadillac, recently moved from BDC manager to sales. She's going to be our spotlight. But we're going to talk to Scott and Sean about really how to bring them in. Right, you know that song by 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 uh, I think it's a uh, Ti. Right, bring them out, bring them out. We're gonna mm-hmm. be, bring them bring in, them bring out, them in, bring them out, bring, bring them out. <laughs> We're talking about how to bring them in today. What do you do to bring them in? What's gonna work, right? Because we can't just sit back, right, while things are shutting down and just stick our head in the sand. We've got to get out ahead of it, right? And the car business has always been the industry to do that. So, what do you think, man? Well. I think I think that dealers gonna need some help from the OEMs. Mm-hmm. I think that the uh, the the finance part of the OEMs has got to step up and do things like real aggressively, like offer six months no payments. Yeah, you know things like that because people are scared because they're not knowing you know exactly what's going to happen next. Right. So mm-hmm. I think if the if the OEMs step up, do things like that for the dealers, I don't think the dealers will miss that much of a beat. Yeah, and it's not you know it's, I don't know if it's much fear based. I know that you know you hear a lot of the the fear on uh, online, and obviously there's a lot of uncertainty going on. But I look at it. I agree with you by the way. I know Frank Lopes, our buddy uh, in the auto business, he uh, posted something I think uh, in the last 24 hours or so that you know doing something like going to employee price pricing plus for you know all the manufacturers and so I, I agree with whatever it is oems participating but i'm not really sure that it's because um it's because of the unstop the uncertainty i almost think that because of the uncertainty that possibly a buyer might just put off you know you know until next month or just wait until it's, it's not it's one less thing i have to deal with right now i'm not gonna it's not a priority i want a car and if this wasn't going on, I'd have one, but I'm going to kind of shelf this. And so really what I look at is, is, is really the, the, always the reason for incentives. And that is to incentivize somebody. Mm-hmm. It's so let's, let's take it out. I want to take it away from maybe the uncertainty and look at it from, listen, incentives work and people know, I think that ultimately people know that this or get better and, you know, and, but it's just the uncertainty. So I think that if you incentivize somebody, Mm-hmm. through one of these measures. And we'd like to hear from you, our audience and our guests, what do you think the OEM should do? What do you think dealerships should do? What's a plan in a time like this? Because incentives work and they force the market and that's what we need today, right? So that we can continue to build and ride the momentum that was set in the beginning of the year and really make 2020 the year that we all wanted it and want it and expect it to be. Let's make an incentive to get these customers to move on a vehicle today. That's what works, incentives. Yeah. And then, and then it's the dealer's job to to step up and not be afraid and and to get themselves out there right. ahead of the curve. You know, I, there's going to be two types of dealers. There's going to be some that are pull back in in concern, mm-hmm. and then you're going to have the other dealers that say, you know what, now it's time to expand. Everybody else is pulling back. Now it's time to expand. So, 
And the know, OEM, and by the way, the OEMs. I think a lot of times, you know, this is where you can take. We all we, sometimes, you know, we talk about OEM at a dealer level because our audience is, are, you know, on the blacktop, and you know, we we don't think always like the OEM. You know, when it comes to co-op dollars and what works in marketing, you know, a lot of times the dealership and the OEM are on different books, not only different pages. <laughs> but one time when I think you can listen to an industry executive is when money's involved. Oh yeah. When their stock is involved, and so auto industry executives right now, currently as of uh, automotive article uh, here that I have in front of me, U.S. auto production remains steady amid uh, coronavirus fears. So the executives have said the current health pandemic has yet to affect demand or factory on factory production. So, you know, GM and Ford uh, shares fell, you know, f oh, what, five and a half percent and four and a half percent respectively. But, you know, um, that's that's just, you know, the market's fluctuating. But I'm going to tell you something, man. Uh, production's still going on because uh, the OEM is probably going to step up to some degree. And uh, well, you know, the other <clears throat> the other thing to look at, too, in, in the, here's here's the bright side of all of this talk mm -hmm. um, is there some other good things that are happening that not necessarily is good for everybody, but it's good for us as Americans, is oil prices are going down. Right. And they're getting ready to plummet, which is actually a good thing for the American consumer because gas is the one thing that affects everything, everything. you touch. Yeah. And so that is like... Talking about the Russia, the, the war, yeah, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia <laughs> freaking pumping all that oil, mm -hmm. and it's causing the pr uh, price of uh, gas to go down. Mm -hmm. So what's going to end up happening is the consumer is going to benefit. Right. All of a sudden, they're going to have extra money floating around yep. a few months from now. And in you know what? Now it's time to go buy a big luxury vehicle or mm -hmm. you know whatever it is. But they're going to have extra money to spend now. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, speaking of, uh, speaking of extra, we'd like you to share the show with somebody extra, somebody that's not listening now. And uh, we're going to give away these uh, amazing gifts what? here today. This is actually this book. Um, we're we're out of. We only have a handful of these around here. Um, this is actually one of my personal stashes of this book. It was a. Uh, it's kind of a misprint, so it's an oddity. And the it's uh, a next, collector's edition. It is because it's giant. I and have so, one. <laughs> yes, you do. But when we ordered them, we we mistakenly ordered, uh, unknowingly ordered the large sizes, and it is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, uh, Powell Books, um, Sales Pros Get Paid, Amateurs Don't. It's a really cool book. Um, we'll sign one and send it to you. And uh, again, you'll be just a handful of people that actually have one of the big ones left. Um, and then we're going to give away a Leader B Lunch uh, signed, an autographed hat. Um, it's a, uh, a stitched autograph, and it's a pretty cool hat based on uh, Leader B Lunch book. And I, I will say, this is actually one of the coolest books <clears throat> you guys have ever done. This is one of the best accidents that ever happened. Mm -hmm. um, because this book actually sits in our office um, on um, one of the desks in our office. And, you know, every once in a while, I'll see somebody pick it up and start reading it. So, and it's nice little, there's nice, it's like in bite size, if you will. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of it's good It's the way I read. <laughs> <laughs> it's written in the way I read. <laughs> we have a content it's, writer here. And he likes to write in, it, in the way that most people read, but that's written in the way I read, which is very small ADD chunks. It's actually written in a way that I think. So <laughs> I get you. I get so, you. So just in bits and pieces. So, so share the show today. And we're going to give these away. And, um, I tell you another thing on, on a byproduct of this, it'll help you sell because yeah. th there's a lot of um, very great uh, sales. Uh, you know, we use them as playbooks here and go through them with our sales team as well. So, um, hey, we're going to bring our guest on here in just a minute. Are we uh, ready with the guest soon? One minute. Get okay. Him on now. All right, cool. So we'll get them on here in a minute. So again, we uh, share the show and uh, we have Scott Simons and Sean Hayes. Uh, they're going to be skyped in here in just a minute. And uh, again, two amazing, uh, you know, d leaders in the automotive community, uh, managing partner, Scott Simons, and then general manager, uh, Sean Hayes. Um, and we're going to talk to them a little bit about what we've been talking about so far. And so one of the things I'm going to bring up to uh, those guys, Chris, is, you know, even though the analyst, you know, uh, again, you have executives, you have analysts, and then you have the dealer level, right? You have the executives that are going to continue to produce because, hey, and you got to watch that. And that means something because their money's at stake. Then you have analysts, right? Aren't yep. they fun? You have analysts, <laughs> which, you know, uh, are opinionated. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're pundits, so to speak. And analysts are, you know, reducing their 2020 sales forecast from the U.S. market due to the outbreak and you know many believe the sales drop will be large and da 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 but here's the deal dealers 
from across the nation say that they have experienced little change. So again, what are we doing in the auto business? And I think the auto business leads the charge when it comes to making stuff happen, man, doing things right out of the box, doing things creative, the automotive community, because it's always been such a day-to-day, month-to-month, week-to-week, fast-paced business. It, it's very, it has to be creative and, and it has to be flexible. Yeah, absolutely. So it can, it, I think that the car business can actually maybe give some, uh, some, uh, you know, some, some uh, ideas to industries uh, elsewhere. Yeah, I think there's a lot of bright points, you know, bright things that are actually around the corner. Um, There may be a bumpy road the next couple of months, but I think there's a much brighter um, light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, once we get through this bumpy part, um, Mm -hmm. because there's going to be a lot of opportunities and a lot of a lot of um, opportunities to sell more cars. And there may actually be opportunities to to hold more gross too. Yeah. Because if the if the OEMs decide to cut back production <clears throat> at all, which right now I don't think they are, but if they do, mm-hmm. and then there's a limited supply, guess what? Supply and demand supply means and your demand. price go up. Absolutely, sure does. Um, so, and on a, on a flip side, you know, I uh, what marketing out there? We're going to talk a little bit about marketing. Um, you know, indirectly, we're going to talk about marketing, not necessarily what to do specifically with companies or products, but more or less, you know, what, what's working, what to cut back on, you know, should there be cutbacks in, in marketing? Should there, is there waste? You know, I've, I'm always a big fan of discussing wasted distribution because I think that in the automotive world that we live in, you know, um, we are uh, short on ROIs. We don't really run uh, ROIs. So we really, a lot of times don't know the return that we receive on our investments. And that's a scary thing. So these are in seasons like this, when it, when it really, it just becomes more, you become more aware of, of the need for, because you're analyzing things, you become aware of the need for, uh, you know, for cutbacks. You look at, you know, you look at where the wasted distribution shows up or your fears of the wasted distribution. So um, how many component, how many marketing tools, how many marketing products do you think are out there that dealers are using right now? Not naming names. How many are there a lot that are, that are, that, that should be axed off of the uh, marketing budget? Oh God. Um, I'd say there's probably double digits. I mean, there's so many things out there that just dealers are doing that you just shake your head like, why are you still doing it? Why this? do you think they do them? Is it, is it a sale? Or, or in other words, were, well, they, I think were they pitched it? I, oh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think part of it is it's one of those things that you've been doing it for X amount of time and you're scared to pull away from it. <clears throat> um, I think some dealers don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many things and so many, so many different ra- avenues of getting leads and things of that nature. They don't, they've come so... Uh, fixated with worried about other things in the store that they just simply don't know right so well yeah it's 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 a mystery it has been for years and so i'm gonna i'm gonna bring this up as we uh introduce our guest now we have the managing partner of valley chrysler dodge jeep honda ram subaru volkswagen i mean i pretty much that almost covers all the makes out there scott (laughs) simons and then we have the general manager of cma colonial chevrolet sean hayes Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and you guys look sharp today. Look at that red jacket Sean's got on. Hey, um, Scott, going right to you, we're, we're missing Cribs. Normally, he, uh, he, he kind of intros the first question, but we were talking a little bit about what everyone's talking about. But I want to kind of speak at it from a different perspective. You know, um, man, it's serious, right? I mean, it's a real deal. And, you know, you know, I, I was telling somebody earlier, um, although I view it differently, it, how it dictates or runs my life or, or lack of it running my life. I have a three month old granddaughter, you know, then I have my wife's uh, father is uh, ter- has uh, been diagnosed with a, um, you know, terminal illness. Um, and they've given him a few months. And so he's 77. So I mean, there's some that he falls into that category. So obviously, it's serious. And we our prayers are, are with everyone. But when it comes to this industry, I was telling Chris and our audience here a little bit ago, that it's always we've always been resilient, man, we've always found th- ways you know, and I don't know why, if it's, if it's because the industry is, uh, you know, it's just a day to day, week to week, month to month, just such a flexible industry in general. You're always having curveballs, you know, thrown at the industry, but anthrax didn't take us out, right? The economy falling out in 2008 didn't take 9-11 didn't take us out. 9-11 didn't take, take it out. You know, so this isn't either in, in we're, we're discussing today, you know, how to get them in, you know, how to get customers in. And uh, in, in this, in, in this, what do you feel? 
the industry needs to do to, to keep the foot on the gas, so to speak, you know, and being sensitive, obviously, but man, making sure that we hit our objectives, you know, and, and hit our numbers and keep our employees focused. Give us some advice, Scott, of what you're doing, if you don't mind, at your store and your group. Well, for, first of all, thank you very much for having me on. Can y'all hear me fine? We oh, sure absolutely. can. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, first of all, as, as a leader, uh, we have to stay calm. You know, we have to come up with a plan. Uh, we had a marketing plan for a specific sale that we were having this quarter, and we immediately changed up our plans um, to to offer, you know, home deliveries for, for cars, uh, to pick up your vehicle for service. So we immediately made changes uh, to, to react to the market. Um, what we need to do is is bear down and make sure we have all our processes tight and um, do what we know what we need to do and just work a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, we don't uh, we, we are uh, we're sad to see this happen. But, you know, in times that you get tried like this, I mean, you, you really just bear down, stay extremely positive. The worst thing we could do is get negative. Uh, we are talking about, you know, we do fast start bonuses. We're, we're talking about doing a bonus for the close. And we're going to make immediate changes to our marketing plan that literally was about ready to drop within the next 48 hours. So you have to be attentive. You have to make decisions. You have to stay extremely positive. Um, and we got, you know, we got to we got to bear down. I love it, man. And, you know, uh, I love the leadership, the, the, the directness, you know, how, of how you're handling that, just how you said that. There's, you know, and, and I know you, Scott, and I know you believe in leadership, and I'm sure you had a team around you in, in those collaborating with you. And, uh, of course, you know, uh, not afraid to pull the trigger, want, you know, to, to be the deciding factor and what have you. But um, hats off to you there. Um, Sean, I'm going to ask you the same thing. I mean, and, and I'm going to kind of add something to this. You know, you, you got the we were talking a little bit ago. You have the OEM and the executives, which, I, you know, I mentioned to our audience, always follow, man. You know, it, when, when it comes to something like this follow their lead because their money's at stake and they're going to they're going and the production is is not dropping from the OEM meaning that they're still producing you know the uh the the, the vehicles in the factory and then of course the analysts you got the pundits right that are saying you know sales are going to be dropping in 2020 and you know the market might you know uh shift and then you have the dealer level that from what I've heard, right, from dealerships that are movers and shakers across the nation, they're saying they haven't, ex- they've experienced little change. So, I mean, looking at all of that, man, you know, why don't you weigh in on, on this conversation, Sean, talk a little bit about how it affects the culture, you know, cause I know you're big on culture and you know, what you're telling your people and how you're keeping your people focused, you know, at the water cooler, so to speak. Well, can you guys hear me? We can. Okay. okay. Uh, thanks for having on, having me on. It's been a little while. It's nice to see you guys. Congratulations, um, yeah, by what's the way. up, Scott? By the way, um, basically we're watching this closely, man. It's, uh, I mean, let's let's just call a spade a spade. You know, um, I'm not going to try to uh, buttercup it up. It is something that we have to pay attention to. I look at it as, and I don't mean this in the wrong way. This this can be a real opportunity for you too. If you take it and you go the opposite way of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I really believe when everybody zigs, I like to zag, Come you on. know? So I, I, I got a feeling everybody's going to pull back. Everybody's going to pull back their marketing. Everybody's going to pull be scared. There's scared money. Um, I, I just had a meeting um, with uh, our marketing team and I told them I want to push heavy on it. I want to go the opposite way. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, while everybody pulls back, I'm going to go forward. And I think it's a real way that I can um, separate myself from from the f- people that are really fearful and mm-hmm. going to pull back marketing money and and uh, you know lay off people and have people go home and everything else. I'm just going to go full board the other way until it becomes a problem that I can't do anything else. That's all I know how to do, guys. All yeah. I know how to do is go go all towards it. In a, and, and as far as a, in a leadership role every day, we, we talk about this every day. We don't mm-hmm. talk it in a negative way. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be real with people and be right. like, look, well, I understand. I'm not going to be, be the leader here that says I don't see that big elephant in the room. Sure. I do see the elephant in the room. But the problem is, is we still got to sell cars. Yeah. You still got to make a living. We still got to move metal, right? So let's find <laughs> ways, productive ways to, to move this metal. Yeah. So. You know, we have those conversations every day. I don't I don't want to be the guy that doesn't have those conversations, but yeah. we still got to sell cars, Come right? Mm-hmm. We still got to sell cars. So 
Um, I'm basically to told the marketing team I want to go all in with it. Just keep it on pace. I think other people are going to pull back, and I and while they zig, I want to zag. I like I like the fact you said the elephants in the room. I I, I kind of view it the elephants in the room, and he's blocking the doorway. Yeah, you still got to get out of the room. <laughs> so you can either to. you can either stay there and get trampled on, or you can figure out a way to get out of the room. So figure out a way to get out of the room. I yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah, you know, Sean, it, 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 it's, uh, I love that, guys. And I'm 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 kind of like that too. I look at it as you know, you're you're obviously you're obviously built that way to some degree. Not everyone is, but I, I am as well. But it's it's a bold move, and I like that. And you know what? It's 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 just like with the stock market and things like that. I mean, you you know you know Scott, you guys that invest. You know, all you buy now. You know what I mean? Because this this is where you make a lot of money as well. And you know, and I'm not talking about the virus. I'm talking about the opportunity in general when when people do shrink back. And and I was telling Chris, we were talking you know, about how important Scott incentives are. And, and I'm not talking about just factory incentive. I'm not I'm not talking about limited. I'm talking about any incentive because you have a customer right now that it's not really the fear. I mean, Chris, we're talking. I want to see what you think, Scott. It's not really, in my opinion, the fear that's going to prevent them from buying. It's just that it's going on. And you know what? People, most people, unless you're me and you're impulsive and you buy in it immediately, you know, <laughs> you, you have a month or two, you know, you're in the market, you know, you're not, unless you've got some reason, some incentive, some discount, some hook that's going to make you buy now, you're going to buy in the next couple of months. So somebody might put off today buying, not out of fear, but just out of, hey, this is another thing I can't worry about. So Scott, with that being said, how important are incentives? You know, incentivizing the customer to to buy today to to make sure that you succeed and keep your numbers and keep your keep your goals in front of you. Talk a little bit about the, the word incentive, Scott. Yeah, we we don't really get caught up in PBRs. I know that's kind of crazy to hear from a person that you know part owns dealerships that we don't really get caught up in PBRs. We look for uh, the value that value of a customer. I mean, a customer is worth about a half a million dollars to a dealership over their life. Mm -hmm. So we look at every single opportunity and say, okay, how can we put together a deal with this consumer? You know, are they a good retail customer buyer? So they, you know, a good uh, service customer. Have they done business with, with us before? Do they have a trade-in? So if we find one reason out of the four or five different reasons to do business, uh, we do business. But now you just get super aggressive. Mm -hmm. You get super aggressive with your pricing, you get super aggressive with your deals, and you find out a way to put a deal all together, and you don't get caught up in it. And uh, we've always been a volume-oriented store because we have a long-term vision. Mm -hmm. uh, we want that consumer to do business with us, so we try to be a leader in, in the new car market of every franchise that we have when we look to grow. Yeah. So now is actually an excellent time to come in and purchase a vehicle, and we need to get that message out, and we need to be super aggressive, and we need to make sure that, I mean, a lot of customers are home right now. A lot right. of schools are getting closed. It's a perfect time yeah. to perfect time to catch a customer, you know, at home and, and give them a reason to come in to do business and we and be flexible. More flexible now than ever. And uh, this is going to separate, you know, some, some dealerships and some people are going to sit and not know exactly what to do. And like Sean stated, we're coming out with the plan and we're getting after. It. We're not going to sit and wait for something to happen. Love well, it. we were just we were just talking about that before before we started the show. You know, things that dealers, uh, you know, might think about seriously investing in over the next couple of uh, weeks and months is direct mail and Facebook because people ain't got nothing to do. And normally, you know, because people, when they go to work, they don't, might not necessarily get the mail. But in these cases, they're home. They're going to get the mail because they just want to go outside as opposed to being stuck in the house all day long. It's the little things like that. And, of course, they scroll Facebook. But, you know, I want to go to Deshaun with this because I, one of the things that we were just – we're sitting here talking, you know, one of the, the, the slogans that's always out there is why buy, mm -hmm. you know, why buy? I think over the next couple of months, we need to change the, the, that slogan from why buy to why buy now? You know, we need to be, you know, as dealers and, and as, you know, vendors, we need to really look at and say, here's why you need to buy now. So my question is you, Sean, how, how can we do that as, an, as the, you know, automotive industry? How can we get people, to, instead of pushing off, how do we get them to actually get motivated to buy now? Mm, that's good. That's, that's a great question, and I don't know if I have the answer, man, to be totally frank with you. I think it's a feeling out process. Um, I think we, we still have to figure out how to get that message out to people. You mm -hmm. can say it till you're blue in the face. It doesn't mean it's going to resonate to the, to the buyer, sure. right? Mm -hmm. So we got to find creative ways to make, make it make sense to people. Um, I think you, what, a couple things that you said, great idea. 
Facebook, people have a lot of time. That's a great, get your message out to your, your community. Get your message out to the people that you're trying to contact, right? Um, I know, I look at it as an opportunity. I went out and just purchased 50, 56 cars around the country right now, okay, to get my inventory up when they're trying to sell off, all right? So I'm looking at it as an opportunity. I'm going to go full board at it, and and even we're going to come out of this, guys. Yeah, yeah, we're going yeah. to come out. Of this, right. That's right. So when we come out of it, I want to be, I want to be even more prepared than I was today. Right. I want to have the best inventory. And I want to have more cars. I want to be putting all my marketing money and and going full steam while everybody else is going to be catching up. I'm going to be already out there, and that's the way I'm looking at it. Now, how do we get the message out? Well, we got to keep saying, and we got to find ways that. <laughs> it benefits a customer to buy now. Mm-hmm. Like I can't just say right now, hey, here's how I get them because I don't know what my OEM is going to do for them, yeah. right? I don't know what they're going to come and help us and incentivize. I don't know what commercials are going to come out with the uh, with the OEMs and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But I do think you're on the right track. I think the OEM has to get behind us. They have to come out with certain incentives, certain things to help us, right? And then they got to push that narrative out to the to, to the public. Now we're going to do what we can do community-wise and and you know locally. But I think this has to come up from from higher than us. I, I think uh, the president's yep. doing everything he can. I think he's he's got to get involved with that as well. You know, with just the calmness and everything else. I think I think people are going a little wacko. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a mean <laughs> no, way. No, I just yeah. mean in general. I think we're we're pushing it up just a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, man. I'm with I, you, I'm man. Still it's hard. I'm still learning as I go with this. So, yeah. it's 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 hard. I'm with you. I'm with you on on that as well. And we you know it's a discussion. It's you know it, especially as leaders, you know it sometimes it uh you got to handle it in you know in with kid gloves because you have people that work for you and you have people that are genuinely concerned. But you feel like saying you know sometimes you feel like maybe saying let's dial this down a little bit here because it could be distracting. And, and I said this earlier, and, you know, I think people listening will get this. And this is where I think any leadership position has to come in and, and, and not, you know, and, and some find some way. And I love what Sean said, by the way. I, listen, I don't necessarily know the answer to that, but I'm willing to, to listen, learn, find out. In other words, that's a leader. Leaders don't always have the answers, but they're willing to, they're going to find them. And, you know, I was saying earlier to uh, the guys out here, I said, you know, the worst thing you could do, in the middle of, you know, people getting sick is say, hey, on top of this distraction, why don't we get financially underwater? You know what I'm saying? So in other words, let's just go ahead and lather this thing all up so that you're financially hurt while you're going through this big distraction. I mean, and that's what would happen if you, you know, if you, if you get yourself all frenzied up. And, and I love the fact that whatever the OEM does, you guys, it seems like that you're both willing to take this and then use this and create an opportunity to present to the consumer. Because if I think most consumers think like like we do most not the ones you hear about because of the the news but the most think sean scott like we do that hey this will pass so if, if you create an incentive or force the market then i think a customer is going to look at this and say i'm going to take advantage in their mind of this opportunity as well to, to during this to save or to you know this is this is how i got my deal you know and uh scott i'm gonna let you weigh in here in the last uh, few minutes we we have together uh you've been listening to the conversation you want to add anything to, uh, based on what sean said yeah so i was just at a i'm on a subaru advisory committee and uh i was just in georgia yesterday so i got some intel kind of from subaru uh you know about you know this as this is all unfolding and it's unfolding pretty fast and i i do believe the manufacturers are going to step up and add in some extra incentives um vada just sent out you know a thing about uh best practices about what to do, you know, frequently wash your hands, you know, do not shake hands, you know, maintain a good distance. They said they're saying wear latex gloves in uh, the service departments where you handle money and et cetera. And I will say this, we're across the whole state of Virginia, 16 stores now, and we've had zero cases so far. Um, And, you know, when, if someone does feel ill, you know, we're going to we're going to send them home and make sure that not only our employees are protected, but our consumers and the community is protected also. Yeah. But so far across our 16 stores, we've had zero cases uh, reported at all. Nice. Uh, so, you know, we're going to be prepared. We're going to institute these best practices. We're going to listen to what VADA and the different people say to, to we're going to uh, we're having extra cleaning done on all the stores to make to ensure that we're doing everything we possibly can. 
So we're taking proactive steps to do something right now from getting aggressive with our marketing, just like Sean stated. We, you know, we're fortunate enough to work for the same uh, company, our same uh, Carter Myers Automotive Group. So we're fully prepared and, uh, and you know, it's just time to dig deep. You got to dig deep and we got to, you know, get through and uh, we're, we're going to be fine. The worst yep. thing we could do is panic. Yes, fine. sir. <clears throat> I wanted to say one thing too, and, and I don't want to come off as, as a jerk, but I make sure that I push the narrative every day with the whole team as we don't have excuses. Like I understand all this is going on, but sometimes when we allow excuses to creep in, we allow people to say, Hey, this, this is why we're not selling. And this is why we're not doing this. This is why I don't feel like making phone calls. This is why, like at the end of the day, we still got to do what we got to do, man. Come right. On, man. So we got to make sure that we, we care about everybody. We listen to them. But at the end of the day, are you done? Let's go sell cars. There right. So I just want to make sure that people. Nope, we lost nope. Sean. We lost Sean. Well, I, he, that's he, a that's a good oh, point. Finish your. You said you said. I just want to make sure we understand Sean people, and then you cut just, off. So I'm sorry. A phone call came in. I thought I had it blocked, but um, I just want to make sure that everybody knows that even though even though this is going on in the world, um, it hasn't affected our community at all. Okay, so we got to go sell cars. And we got a job to do, and that's what we talk about every day. I'm not scared to talk about it, but at the end of the day, I don't want people to be able to use it as an excuse. Come on. You know, it's a good point. And I had a meeting with my small team before um, I, I came here today, and the topic was, you know, we, we have this obstacle in front of us, but there's an opportunity somewhere. We just got to figure out where it is. Either it's an angle or an opportunity, and I'm not sure which one. So we had a meeting today, and then tomorrow we're coming back with our ideas and how we can attack this as far as where the opportunities lie yeah. or where the angles are. So I love what Sean was saying there. <clears throat> yeah, and and would be a good idea to, to get – I'm going to get my team tomorrow. Sean, you inspired me. We've been doing it all week, but when, when I was gone, my team did. But I'm going to talk to them tomorrow. I think collaboration and having them come to the table with some solutions. Mm -hmm. Hey, how, how can you make a difference today? What can you do – right to create an opportunity out of an obstacle and and i love it and uh scott man sean thank you so much for i know you guys are extremely busy man i i want to thank you for coming uh taking time out of your extremely busy schedules man to to hang with us for a little bit and uh and, and a great Anytime I can be on the show with you guys and Scott Simons, I'm down, man. <laughs> hey, me, me too, man. You guys are a couple of class acts. So, Scott, man, you, dude, I don't know what you're doing, but brother, you look, you look. Uh, if I, w I wouldn't wear a shirt, man, if I look like you, I just, <laughs> like, I sit right here. In the, he barely no does. Shirt. I, he barely does. Yeah, thank so David, thank you for what you do for the industry and uh, you know allowing us to get on here and talk about. And you know, I just want to tell everybody out there that we're, we're going to be fine. You know, the industry's going to be fine. We've been through things, but. We we need to be very proactive and thank you for caring enough to get on here and talk about topics that are happening literally right now and uh you know it's a real honor to work with sean hayes in the same group too but thank you all very much thank you guys thank you. scott sean thank you so much man have a great rest of your week i want to piggyback on that for a second which scott just ended with there because you know and we've talked about it at the beginning <clears throat> of the show this industry's been through a lot america's been through a lot but mm. this industry's been through a lot you know yeah. after 9 11 a lot of well, people thought this, this, this was the end. Is synonymous with America. Yes, it's it's this industry is an American industry. Yes, it's American staple. Come on, man. And after I was Made in a Detroit, store, <laughs> I was in a store the day nine eleven happened, and I remember thinking, "Oh my gosh, our business is done." You know, all these horrible things are happening, and how are we going to recover from this? You know, not just not just as uh, you know as a dealership, but as a country. And guess what? A couple months later. We, we were up and moving and selling cars. We had record months after that. My, my point to this is this is only temporary. Yeah. This, this, what people need to get their mind around, this is only for a couple of months, if that. So get your mind around it. Figure out how to get through this little bumpy road. It's all going to be fine. And don't let this, and encouraging words before we go to our break and bring our spotlight on, and we're going to talk a little bit about BDC. We're going to talk a little bit about the transition uh, from BDC to sales. And, and um, but, but, you know, again, I, I want to emphasize, listen, it, 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 keep, keep a positive outlook, right? Keep and stay focused. Keep your head down. Do your thing. Because the reality is this will pass, but the last thing you want is to get yourself in a rut or a slump because of this that will last beyond this being over. Yep. The market recovers. Everything is going. Everything's fine. No more talk about it. But then you're in this rut that you got into that started right now because of distraction. Well, you know, it's funny. Distraction is the enemy of direction. You talked about the market the, you know, earlier. 
I actually hadn't bought anything for a while because I was like, man, <clears> things are way too high. And there were opportunities today when it went 2,200 points down mm-hmm. to buy. It makes some money, that too. I, exactly. So if you got you some go. money, throw it in some. I'm telling you right now, boy, this is how people make a lot of money in the stock market right here because it's gone down so far and it's going to go up. It'll probably, I, I'm making a prediction in six months, it'll be over 30,000. It very it, well. It was mean. almost at thirty thousand before it started dropping, which will be an, was an all time would have been an all time record, and it will it will reach that. And imagine putting your money in now. So I know that, we're not that, and that. that's a, that goes right back to saying dealers need to be prepared for that because like if you if you swell up too much and, and you 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 end up you know contracting too much, you're not going to be prepared for the wave that's coming at the end of this and the, at the so end of this choose your words a little better you said contracting oh well you know what i mean by that i, I, <laughs> I don't know what you i'm just I didn't saying mean contracting that word just got picked up like everything picked it up we're gonna serve ads now for corona everything poop facebook everything Not picked obviously up on, what i meant i know that's not what you um but you know you at the end of this you're gonna be ready you're gonna need to be ready to expand yeah and so um you know, there's a lot of things coming. You know, the government's getting ready to, to throw some things out there. You know, payroll tax is another big one, you know, for for Get small creative, business. man. Yeah. If they're so, doing this payroll tax thing, what were we talking about with offers? Throw an offer out there. You remember the uh, remember the offer that, you know, you, you, you match their income tax return. Why not match, you know, we'll match your payroll taxes towards the, towards the purchase of a new car. Get creative. Someone threw a crazy idea out there mm-hmm. saying that maybe the government doesn't collect any taxes for the next six months. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, guess what? That means there but mo- dealers more people have ex- disposable income and it's going to be opportunities for dealers to get it and, and sell cars. So. Amen. Hey, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We have Spotlight. We have Elena Schweda. She's a sales consultant at Allen Chevrolet Cadillac. Recently moved from BDC manager to sales. I'm going to ask her how that went, how it's going. We have Elena Schweda coming on. Share the show. Shweta. Share huh? the show. Share the show. Get a book. Still, yeah, get, get, get a, a book and a hat. We're going to give a book and a hat what? away. Boom. Hey, this is David Villa, the CEO of IPD Agency in Tampa, Florida. Dealers, over the next 30 days, I can help you move 35 to 55 additional plus units. We work with over 400 of your colleagues from coast to coast each and every month. And March is no different. Hybrid connected marketing program means an additional 200 plus buyers with steps in hand through your door that's going to make March a record month. We can discover together how to generate an additional, listen, an additional extra $100,000 to $250,000 in gross to the bottom line without spending a fortune. Listen, I know that pumps you up and fires you up because look, it's all about those additional sales. What can I do to make that happen? What can I do to move the needle? What is actually working? You found it. Hybrid Connected Marketing Program through IPD Agency is your ticket. So look, feed your sales, BDC, and internet teams with qualified ups, not leads, ups that are ready to buy. We do the heavy lifting for you. The most comprehensive connected marketing program in the automotive market, bar none, period, today. But we do all the heavy lifting. Check it out. Call today. The number's been on the screen. We'll see you soon. All right, we're back. We're back. We're back. Make sure you share the show. We're going to give away this book here. It's a limited edition. We don't have many left, and uh, it's an uh, odd size that would become uh, something that's not available at all. Uh, and uh, but the sales pros get paid, amateurs don't. I'll sign it for you. And then we got a hat, Leader B Lunch, which is uh, based on my first book, Leader B Lunch. And this is a, a stitched autograph version. And these hats are almost gone as well. We only have a few of these left as well. And uh, what do you think so far, Chris? I think it's a great show, man. I, I love the fact that you know we do this show. You know, this is the prime example why we do the show. You know, there's a lot of great ideas being thrown out there. And if you're watching the show and you work at a dealership, I hope, you know, the whole intention of this is to be able to grab something and, and, and help improve your store. You know, back in the day, you know, the car business was way different. It used to be, you know, I have a secret. I'm not going to share anybody, you know, share it with anyone. And nowadays, the car business isn't as much like that. And this is what that show is all about, you know, getting ideas out there helping push this industry along and this is just our little part so i'm excited to be a part of it and you know i love what we're doing today i think this is a great topic and and some great guests yeah absolutely and speaking of great guests we have our spotlight today and uh she is the sales consultant at allen chevrolet cadillac formerly and recently just moved from bdc manager to sales and you ask why and so we're going to ask her why uh we have elena uh, Shweta on and uh, Lena, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you're having a great March so far. How are you? 
I am great, and thank you so much for having me on. Uh, how have you guys been? It's been a oh, little while. It's been awesome. a little while. <clears throat> We've been good, and I'm going to actually uh, piggyback. And, and, you know, I want to spotlight and talk a little bit about you here in a minute uh, and ask you specifically um, – about the move from uh, BDC manager to sales. And uh, somebody would think, you know, they hear the word manager and they think, okay, that's a, uh, you know, she just took a step back or what have you. But there's uh, there's some method to your madness. And, and uh, talk to us a little bit about your thoughts and how that transition went. I know now that looks, you know, you've got a perspective as well from the entire process of the sale. And uh, talk a little bit to our listeners about why you did that and what you're seeing and, and getting uh, so far. So it was actually, it was a really um, difficult decision to make, I guess, mm-hmm. if I was going to move into sales or what my thoughts were. But I felt like that really I was kind of tapping out. I hadn't been on the sales floor before. My journey kind of started, like I didn't assume I was going to be in the auto industry. I started as a receptionist at one of the suburban stores. And within my first three months of working there, I was promoted four times. Um, I ended up as their their assistant to their BDC manager and was their assistant BDC manager there for about a year. Um, and then had the opportunity to set up my first BDC. And then um, two years later, came here and set theirs up for about a year. So I felt like I was missing out a little bit on that um, sales floor experience because mm-hmm. there's so many things that, I mean, people that are just sitting in the BDC, they don't really see every day. They don't know what's going on. And it gives me a better appreciation of not just that department, but also the sales department, I think gives me uh, more of a well-rounded look and more opportunity going forward. Let me ask you something. Cause I'm, you know, and I don't know this, you and I haven't had a conversation about this. So I'm just taking a kind of a spitball here effect, but you know, being in the BDC, course being a receptionist seeing you know things from you know receptionist see everything so you're a receptionist in the auto dealership and then you go to a bdc you become a bdc manager so obviously you're not only in the bdc but you're running one then moving into sales and i and i hear if i hear heard you correctly maybe you want to be more challenged you wanted to you know experience more but my question to you is what a lot of dealers are afraid to do is maybe turn all their sales in BDC kind of into one. Are, but because you've had that experience in the BDC, are you able to integrate that into your sales style and process personally? 100%. Um, to put it into perspective, so the month before I switched into sales, I had sold a car completely over the phone and mm-hmm. had it shipped to Raleigh, North Carolina, which actually I still talk to this customer like once a month. He's mm-hmm. invited my uh, boyfriend and I to come down and visit. He actually works for the federal government. Mm-hmm. And um, then it ended up in January. I So I switched over the last two weeks in January. So last month was my first full month. But within the, those two weeks, I talked to a, an internet customer. She was all the way in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I shipped a car down to her, sold a car to Kentucky. And then last month, I picked up a gentleman from Queens, New York, from the airport and shipped that out to him. So knowing how to handle an internet customer while being on the sales floor is extremely, extremely important because I I mean, literally it was an internet lead that the manager handed over because they said, you have the experience doing this and there's not a single other person on the floor right now that's had BTC experience or internet lead experience on a daily basis. I love this. Chris, you know, I want to get your take too, Elena, on this. But Chris, a couple comments that came in a little bit, a little earlier that fit right into really what Elena's saying. And it came in on the earlier conversation, I think, because we were talking with Scott and Sean about, you know, what to do out of the box. But these comments have to do with somebody who, like Elena, who spent time in the BDC. Mm-hmm. I mean, ran a BDC and then now is in sales, really, and is doing this whole new process, which I've often you know, advocated for, you know, yeah. it's on the show. We're just, it should be that way. It's like if somebody walked, I say this to Elena, if somebody walked and I have inside sales teams, we don't have any outside. We used to go to dealers directly. Now, you know, we do everything on the phone and Skype and, you know, Zoom meetings and so forth. But if I said this, if a dealer, we had one visit today, if a dealer walked into my office, my inside sales reps wouldn't walk up and go, oh, hold one second. Let me go get someone who can deal with you face to face. They would just talk to them. Right. And so yeah. I'm looking at these comments like Melissa Sigmund commented earlier but it, it, it applies here she said this amazes me everyone is saying customers are at home 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 we can get them to come in and buy now and then she said later she said don't get them in go to them and then right. craig lockert said you know uh you know take cars trucks to the people don't wait for them to come to you and so what part of this you know 
I guess at what part of this can we really restructure, not just because of what's going on, in general, say, hey, we can create, man, and really compete with these Carvanas and so forth, and we can get creative and, and specialize in reaching out to the customer and doing something out of the box. I mean, isn't it time for that to be the case, you know, with, with sales and merging that with, you know, kind of creating an inside sales, BDC, you know, whatever you want to call it, but it's really, you know, taking care of this customer from soup to nuts. Elena? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly <clears throat> what I would ideally look at in the future. Um, after spending some time on the sales floor, I, I have a better appreciation for dealerships that have an internet sales department and that they can handle things cradle to grave. I mean, there's a lot of customers that we're going to miss out on if we don't adapt. It's just like, mm, I mean, that's good. Toys R Us going out of business. I mean, that they didn't adapt and they died. Right. Like, I, it doesn't have to be somebody halfway across the country can be somebody an hour away. Like I literally my, my first full month in sales, I ended at 14 cars and I had no previous um, clientele, nothing. But like, for example, one of them that was last month, I delivered an Impala all the way to Royal Oak, which is about an hour and 15 minutes for me, but the Fox two news reporter, and she's not going to have time to come inside the dealership. Usually she's on TV when we're at the store. Mm -hmm. That's good. Well, you know, Scott Scott brought this up earlier, and he said that, you know, they were talking about, you know, taking vehicles to people. You know, back in the day when I sold cars, I did it all the time. You know, especially when we have an up, where I used to work, we had an up system. And if I'm back and I take a phone call and someone's like, I'm not going to be able to make it in today, you know, where are you at? I'll bring it to you because I'm way back anyway. It's going to be a while before I get an up. Mm -hmm. So why not go take it to the customer? And lots of times they turn into deals. To, to me, it's just mm -hmm. really, to me, it, it, it's not even... Yeah, it's just really out of the box. It's doing, it's, it's, you know, you can call it taking a car to customer. I mean, it's, there's nothing different than, you know, creating a scenario to sell. You know, I've actually, and, and whatever that is, I mean, it, it, there's, it's just really, hey, what, 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 what can I do to offer this experience to this customer? And there could be a number of things that we do. And really, as long as it's moral, ethical, and legal, I mean, what can't we do, right? I mean, what won't I do? I want to be able to service this customer. It's, it's really comes down, Elena, to, you know, uh, out of the box, even with responding to leads. It's like, how bad do I really want to grow my business? And why do I need to box myself in to one, uh, to one idea? So now I understand, you know, after spotlighting you, I understand that this is a, this is a step up. This is something where you can actually in expand your, uh, you know, your um, portfolio. You could do more, and you could really implement. The title might not be there, but you can implement, you know, so many things you've learned and really create something that is the future of the auto business. But it's now. Correct. And I mean, realistically, the more well-rounded you are in the dealership, the more valuable you are, at, not only as an employee, but also marketing yourself. Um, I can't believe the amount of positive response that I've gotten just from people that I know, like family and friends that I haven't heard from in forever that are now reaching out to me that didn't reach out to me when I was in the BBC. And I think it might be because, I mean, this is our fault. A lot of the consumers don't really know what BDC is or yeah. what a business development center is and as soon as you say sales they're like oh hey I'm looking for a car very that's true that's very good. true yep and I, I, well, I, I love it. I could, I could talk to you all day long. We're going to do a BDC show here soon in the next, uh, next uh, few weeks, and we'd love to have you back on. We, have, uh, we might have an, uh, a special panel of four, which we normally don't do, where we actually Skype some, some folks in and change our format up a little bit um, in the next uh, couple, three weeks. My producer's looking at me because he didn't hear that yet. So, Elena, <laughs> if you come back on, we'd love to have you as one of our experts on the panel. And uh, really, you know, it, again, it wouldn't be really about, it would be more the concept of, of BDC, the function of BDC, not necessarily the department, you know, because I think BDC really, if it's true, it's business development and how do, how are we developing business today? So you're every, you're ever as much BDC today as you ever have been, you're developing business and you're doing it out of the box. And I want to, I want to tell you that I, um, hats off to you and I, I love what you're doing. Amen to that. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And I'd be happy to come on. Just let me know the date. All right. Well, we will do so. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for coming on and being our spotlight today, and I hope you have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. All right. So that was Elena 
Shweta, and uh, we're going to bring her back on. Chris, you know, it really it, it goes back to years ago when Alan Ram, <clears throat> you know, uh, the late Alan Ram used to come on and talk about, you know, uh, Cradle to Grave. And, you know, he did it from a little bit more of a forceful perspective. But the reality is what Elena's doing is something that I've, I've long advocated for. It's just, hey, it's it's. You know, I mean, come on. It's like if I can, we had a guy here that worked, worked for a large RV, you know, company, one of the largest in the nation, if not the largest. And he was in the top 10% in the internet division in the, in all of RVs in the nation. And he um, sold RVs over the phone. And, uh, you know, now dealerships. Those aren't cheap. Well, no, they're not. <laughs> and hit, but his dealership, you know, and some, this is where I think dealers need to listen, in my opinion, humble opinion. You know, we need to embrace these Elenas. This person that worked here um, for a period of time that did this for five years at the RV store. One of the things that they, one of the reasons they left is uh, because the RV company, even though he was off site, they made him share commission with someone on the floor, even though he did the work. And even in some cases sold the RV prior to coming in to do the paperwork. So I would say dealers, let's embrace the new, let's embrace in this season something different because we, we can do something that doesn't exist now. Just because it's different doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. In some cases, it means we should. Yeah, absolutely. You know, long time ago, I had a, a guy that we worked with the first day on the floor. He was, used to sell stocks. Right. And first day on the floor, he's like, what do I do for, you know, for, to get leads? And, you know, we were just telling him all these things. And he's like, I, I don't know if I'd be good at that. So he picks up the phone book. This, is, this tells you how long ago it was. I <clears throat> picked up the phone book and just randomly started calling people on the phone book. And by like two or three days later, he had like four or five appointments set that actually stuck. Mm -hmm. He ended up selling like two or three cars out of the phone book. <clears throat> wow. You know, so. Well, and Christopher Campbell, as we wrap this segment up in the show up, he said something that uh, reality is that most customers prefer to come in and buy at the dealership. But there's a growing percentage. They have no interest in going through what they believe is a process designed to rip them off. By offering home delivery and giving the customer the ability to structure their own transaction, you have effectively captured that percentage wanting to stay home. And I agree, but, uh, you know, and I, I don't know how, how much of that percentage is somebody, um, Christopher, somebody that is thinking you're going to rip them off. But it could, it could be a, that. But it could be that it's just out of convenience, meaning that we offer like a mobile... You know, we do some of the work there at the dealership. We we deal with some of the issue and pull the credit and do some of the things and use DocuSign and use some of the things that we need to do to get the process going before we invest too much of our legwork into it. And of course, you know, then we, but we have this ability to do certain paperwork. We have tablets. We have a lot of things, you know, at home. We take it there. We do it there at their convenience. It's like, it's like, you know, uh, in, in a lot of other industries that are out there that will provide that customer service. So I don't think that it's... Um, I think that it could become a leg up if you if you let it let it be a an incentive to you know to add to what you do you yeah. know it just allows the creative and maybe started out by allowing your creative or out of the box or hustler salespeople you know that are that are go getters to do it you know and let them have another tool in their arsenal look at it as a weapon in your arsenal you know, it's just another weapon. It doesn't take the place. See, I think that it's, we've had this all or nothing kind of mentality, you know, where it's like, when you with you know oh I got to switch to this to this this is how we do it well not why not have both yeah all. just add it to it yeah, add it to add it what you're doing. if you have an arsenal of weapons you know I mean if you you know you know look at it in weapons I mean you need a bazooka for the re but if you if you if, if I'm standing next to you and we're fighting if I use a bazooka we both die you know yeah. but if I if I but if I'm trying to fight you and you're in a tank and I'm going to use a knife then I'm going to die you know so how about have them all. You know, you need all of those weapons. They're all they all come in handy, and I think that adding another uh, another uh, you know weapon in your arsenal of sales will give you the leg up on your competition and cause you to you know to uh, to win. True. And uh, by the way, as a complete side note, Elena will be one of our <coughs> guests on our BDC panel live at Digital Dealer in Orlando. What? what? Okay. Well, then what? there you go. See, then I then that's there, Mike. So you you just gave me my answer when you looked at me. <laughs> so I don't need to have her on. <clears throat> I don't. We don't need to have her on for um, for the uh, live panel here. She'll be in Orlando at our uh, Digital Dealer conference and. Uh, and uh, cool, man. If you guys uh, need some tickets to that, we're going to give away a couple of tickets today as well. And uh, and uh, we, we've got two tickets. If you'd like a ticket to Orlando, uh, dealers, GMs, uh, you reach out to us and we will get you a free ticket. Uh, we will get you a free ticket. we got two of them to give away today. And the winners of the book, 
and the hat. What do you want to give away first? Let's Cri- give away the book since I picked it up. Christopher Campbell, you win what? the hey, book. Christopher go. Campbell. I just got this text message from our guys here. Christopher Campbell. And then the hat goes to Keith McKenzie. Come on, Keith. Let's Keith go. McKenzie gets the green Leader B Lunch hat. Christopher Campbell gets the book. Keith McKenzie gets the hat. Thank you guys for sharing the show. Thank you guys for list everyone for listening and for weighing in. Uh, great audience as always. Chris, awesome job, my friend. Great show. See you guys next week. Cribs get better soon. See.